Breakthrough News. A billionaire hedge fund nicknamed the Destroyer of Newspapers acquired the famous Chicago Tribune and a host of other local papers across the East Coast this week. And a proposed New York State law backed by gig economy giants like Uber and DoorDash will give workers the right to unionize. But gig workers and union organizers are calling BS. Every day, Workers across the globe are rising up to defend their humanity and fight for their dignity on the job. In a time of both record poverty and record profiteering, the billionaire bosses have created the circumstances for workers to lose their fear and demand everything that they deserve. As the class struggle advances, the stories of workers are front and center here. This is On the Picket Line, and I'm your host, Monica Cruz. This week, the billionaire hedge fund Alden Global Capital announced that it had purchased Tribune Publishing, which owns the well-known Chicago Tribune and a host of other local newspapers across the East Coast. Nicknamed the destroyer of newspapers, Alden has a grim reputation for decimating local publications. Founded in 2007 by hedge fund billionaire Randall D. Smith, the firm has taken advantage of the financial crisis that has impacted local and regional newspapers in recent years. Alden has not limited its sights to the news industry and had also helped steer Payless Shoe Source and Fred's Pharmacy into bankruptcy around the time of its founding. Its efforts to acquire Tribune Publishing Company began in 2019, when Tribune's largest shareholder sold his 25% stake to Alden. The hedge fund scored two seats on the company's board and upped its ownership stake to 32%, making Alden its biggest shareholder. The News Guild launched an ultimately failed campaign to unseat Alden's board members. Since then, Countless reporters have been furloughed, a concession that the union fought hard for. And just two days after Alden purchased the Chicago Tribune and other newspapers under the Tribune publishing chain, it announced it would be offering voluntary separation plans to non-union employees who quit. Tribune is required to negotiate any buyout offers for union newsroom employees directly with the News Guild locals who represent them. I spoke with Sarah Gregory, chair of the Tidewater Media Guild and a reporter at the Virginian Pilot, which is one of the 40 plus publications acquired by Alden this week. She described the mood at her workplace following the announcement of the employee buyout. So I think that this was what um, we had feared would happen uh, for the last several months as we as the sale to Alden was, you know, sort of on the table. Alden has a reputation for running very lean operations. We've seen what they've done in other newsrooms. Um, they've cut staff at far greater rates than other uh, industry peers. And so, you know, going into this, we were afraid that Alden would try to make our newsroom smaller. And here we are just a couple days into new ownership and Alden is doing exactly what, um, what we predicted. So uh, I would say the, the mood is pretty, um, folks, are, uh, folks are pretty upset. Um, I mean, I think the fact, that, the fact that we anticipated this 
does not make it any less hard to deal with. Um, I think that, um, I think we're, there's a lot of people making some really tough decisions right now about whether they see a future here and, um, and what it looks like. And I think, um, you know, those are really tough decisions because I think people want to stay and they want to keep doing this job. That was Sarah Gregory, chair of the Tidewater Media Guild and a reporter at The Virginian Pilot, which is one of the 40 plus publications acquired by Alden Global Capital this week. So how did Alden earn this reputation that Sarah just spoke to? For starters, back in 2010, Alden purchased a large stake in Media News Group, whose more established papers include the Denver Post, the Mercury News of San Jose, California, and the St. Paul, Minnesota Pioneer Press. And now following its acquisition of Tribune Publishing, Alden Global Capital owns almost 300 city, local, and regional publications from coast to coast. Alden's shady business practices had not stirred up much controversy in the media world until 2018, when the Denver Post made national headlines for openly rebelling against the hedge fund. The month prior, Alden slashed another 30 jobs from the newsroom, where the staff count had already dipped below 100 people. In the front page editorial titled, News Matters, Colorado Should Demand the Newspaper It Deserves, staff writers flat out named Alden's executives as vulture capitalist. They called on executives to sell their shares to investors who actually cared about the newspaper's work and survival. Though their efforts were futile, they helped expose the hedge fund's playbook of buying up struggling papers, harshly cutting costs, then making big cash off advertising and those slashed funds. Despite earning profits that are much higher than usual in the industry, the News Guild says that between 2012 and 2019, Alden cut 71% of jobs in its newsrooms represented by the union. Yep, you heard that right. 71 percent. And in a 2019 testimony before the U.S. House Committee on Financial Services, the News Guild estimated that Alden was responsible for 23,584 American job losses. The damage done by Alden's blood-sucking tactics pushed the News Guild to hire an investigative reporter named Julie Reynolds to exclusively cover the firm's actions. Reynolds herself has experienced the damage firsthand as a former journalist at the Monterey Herald. In a Newsweek op-ed published in July 2019, she described this experience, writing, quote, under Alden's tenure, layoffs and attrition accelerated at breakneck speed. Instead of a story a day, reporters scrambled to crank out two or three because there were fewer and fewer of us. The office supplies vanished, and we had to buy our own pens, calendars, and manila folders. Then the hot water in the bathrooms were turned off. The gutters were never repaired, and staff creatively arranged houseplants to try to soak up the leaks. Then, as with most newspapers in the digital first chain, the presses were dismantled and our buildings sold. Now, number one, just for context, digital first is another moniker for Media News Group. And number two, <laughs> y'all can't even give journalists pens and paper calendars. This sounds like a move a greedy cartoon character villain would make. 
Reading this from Julie Reynolds made me wonder, who is the real-life capitalist villain making these decisions? Alden Global Capital is owned by Heth Freeman, a Manhattan multimillionaire who is, in a shudder of irony, the son of a lawyer who made a career off representing labor unions. Despite making millions off the media industry, Freeman has zero experience working in news and has been said to lack any, quote, real affinity for newspapers. He promoted the cost-benefit of firing all full-time employees and hiring freelancers. He has also been known to ask editors, what do all these people do, in reference to their staff? requiring top editors to draft monthly reports to justify not firing essential staff members. He even questioned why the Denver Post needed a photographer. You would think he was betting on the total demise of the newspaper industry, and his actions point to the likelihood that he is. Only a for-profit economy could produce this contradiction in which the owner of a large swath of a particular industry is actively trying to demolish said industry and stands to make an obscene profit from doing so. Here's what Sarah Gregory, chair of the Tidewater Media Guild and a reporter at the Virginian Pilot, had to say on Mr. Freeman. Keith Freeman, who um, he has said that he wants to be the savior of local news, and I don't um, you do that by investing in more reporters on the ground, not fewer. Um, so I don't, I, I don't know how to reconcile um, his statements about his interest in saving news with what has actually happened in uh, the newsrooms that Alden has managed, uh, because I think that it does have a really serious impact on the reporting. I mean, I think it has an impact just in your day-to-day -day ability to, to report. I know that it's become significantly harder to report from, from our homes than, uh, than when we had a newsroom where you could, you know, walk across, um, walk across the aisle and talk to a colleague about, you know, a difficult story you're working on or how to approach this or, um, or just get, I, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of sort of, um, or, organic chemistry that happens in a newsroom, right? Where um, you're sharing thoughts and ideas and how to make your journalism better and stronger. And those things can still happen remotely and everyone is doing their best to make them happen remotely. And, but, you know, it's, it's definitely a lot harder. Um, and then I think too, it, it has an impact on the journalism when you're looking at like how confident people feel in their ability to do the job, how, uh, you know, how stable they feel. Do they feel like their job will exist in a year? You know, it, it causes people to look for other companies, whether that's other media outlets or, you know, jobs outside of journalism that might be able to offer more stability. And so it makes it harder to retain the really talented journalists that we have, makes it harder to recruit. Um, it just all around uh, makes, makes it harder to do the job and you know the end result of that is it's bad for consumers it's bad because you won't have someone at those you know key city meetings telling you what's happening that was sarah gregory chair of the tidewater media guild and a reporter at the virginian pilot which is one of the 40 plus publications acquired by alden global capital this week and while stripping journalists of their jobs and offices Alden has made a laundry list of terrible investments using funds made from these slash newsroom budgets.
Under Freeman's tenure, Alden has invested in Peabody Coal, notorious for its fight to screw mine workers out of their pensions, and the Houston-based Cobalt Oil Company, which was charged in a bribery scandal involving corrupt government officials in Angola. And their faulty investments haven't stopped at the U.S. borders. Alden has also invested in Homex, a Mexican development firm charged with committing the biggest real estate fraud in the nation's history. All of these companies filed for bankruptcy not so long after Alden made these investments. Funny timing on that, huh? Now, of course, this issue is much bigger than any single investment or individual person or individual vulture capital firm. Workers desperately need a real say in how their publications function and how the industry moves overall. And unions have been critical in giving workers more of a voice in the news industry. Sarah Gregory spoke on why her union has been so necessary in providing a safety net for workers as this industry quickly changes for the worst. This is our, our third round of buyouts um, under Tribune since 2018. Um, but um, I think that, you know, a lot of us believe that had we not been unionized, we might have been looking at layoffs instead of buyouts. And I think the other thing that has been really important um, has just been the sense of agency that it has given us. Um, you know, I've talked with folks who say that they've been in this industry for 30 plus years and never felt like they had any control over what was happening at the C-suite level. And now they feel like, you know, they have a seat at the table. We're not always getting what we want at the table, but we have an ability to advocate for ourselves and our newsrooms that we didn't have before. And I think that, you know, through the unions, we've been able to rally community support for the paper. We've been able to um, bring all these things sort of together to put pressure on um, Tribune and now Alden. And that just, it wouldn't have happened without the union. You just heard the New York Taxi Workers Alliance at their press conference outside Governor Cuomo's New York City office on Thursday afternoon. The alliance has joined a host of unions and worker advocacy orgs who have come forward in strong opposition to a proposed bill on the rights and status of gig economy workers in New York State. Uber and Lyft, along with other gig economy giants, have banded together with Democratic lawmakers and New York's AFL-CIO to pen a bill that would set the stage for workers to unionize. The bill splits app-based workers into two groups, rideshare drivers like those with Uber and Lyft and delivery workers like those working for companies like DoorDash, Instacart, and Amazon. Currently, these workers are blocked from unionizing by antitrust laws and don't have the protection of the National Labor Relations Board. Under this bill, workers would be arbitrarily put into a union which they would not fund themselves. According to Labor Notes, which obtained a copy of the bill's language last week, the rideshare drivers might be represented by the Independent Drivers Guild and delivery workers would belong to the Transport Workers Union. Important to note here that the Independent Drivers Guild has been criticized for receiving money from Uber. 
The bill would allow these companies to continue classifying workers as independent contractors, denying one of the biggest demands gig economy workers have been calling for. Furthermore, the bill would prohibit workers from any picketing, strikes, slowdowns, or boycotts. So, in effect, it would give workers a union with no ability to do the one thing that gives workers power over their already powerful bosses, that is, withholding their labor. At the same time, it's no shocker that the bill doesn't meet workers' calls on this issue, denying workers a minimum wage and benefits like health care, in addition to placing the cost of cars, bikes, and other equipment on them, is essential to preserving the gig giant business model. Los Deliveristas Unidos, a workers' justice organization made up mostly of Latino delivery workers in New York City, has publicly opposed the bill. I spoke with Glendi Cituras, the lead organizer, on why they argue that the proposed legislation would be so detrimental to workers. This legislation is a perfect example of how big companies, in this case, apps, are trying to divide workers, even unions, and take you know away any power from the workers. Uh, one of the impacts you know that is going to have for the delivery workers is you know that is going to block all the you know effort that we've been put in the last year. So we are working in, in few legislation that we're going to protect delivery workers in the local level. That was Glendi Cituras, the lead organizer of Los Deliveristas Unidos. Now, in her comment, she was referring to how the bill would completely take away the ability of individual cities and towns to legislate on these gig giant companies. Everything from the issue of taxes and surcharges to the minimum wage and worker conditions and caps on the number of drivers and delivery workers could only be addressed by legislation at the state level. Glendi Cituras described why it's so critical that cities like New York have the ability to legislate on the specific issues that impact their particular communities. For delivery workers, we have like basic needs and basic, you know, and the one of the, the, uh, the most important here is like regulate the, those apps. You know, nobody will, you know, New York City, you know, doesn't have any law that regulate the apps. So, and we are fighting for that. Besides that, we are like, one of the, the most important that we have is the protection and safety for the, you know, delivery workers. So many workers are dying in the street during this, this job uh, because accidents, because assault. Many workers are getting their bike stalled. And this is what we are fighting for. So, uh, you know, the right to have a, you know, a salary, uh, the right to have access to bathrooms, the right to organize, uh, the right to, you know, to use this, the public spaces to eat with dignity, to rest when the weather is like crazy, when, you know, it's raining, when we have a big storm. These people don't have places to go and stay warm. So these people don't have any space, any public space. Even, you know, during the pandemic, this was one of the most hard jobs and dangerous. She went on to describe some of the legislation they are fighting for at the city council level. We've been working with a city council. And the first that, that we started drafting was that access to bathroom. So the second is like the distance, the distance when the delivery worker had to deliver the food, the, the distance, because for now, now the apps, 
decide how, how long they can go, you know, once the delivery worker can go from uh, Queens to Brooklyn, the apps can send they, whatever they want. So we are like, you know, trying to pass a legislation about that. Also, we want the apps provide PPE and, you know, equipment to the, to the delivery workers. Again, that was Glendy Cituras, the lead organizer of Los Deliveristas Unidos, discussing the legislation they are working on with city council members to establish protections for New York City's app-based delivery workers. If the bill sponsored by these gig economy giants is passed, this kind of legislation would be totally banned at the city level. With only a few weeks left in this year's legislative session, it is highly unlikely that the bill will be voted on this year. Nonetheless, this proposal is a dangerous signal that gig economy giants are improving their strategy to undermine the law and inhibit workers from getting anything that they've been calling for. The $200 million campaign to get Proposition 22 passed in California is a recent example of how hard these companies are willing to go to make their agenda the law. As the gig economy giants unify and organize, it's up to workers and organized labor to do the same. And that's it for this week's episode of On the Picket Line. Make sure you're following Breakthrough News on social media. Find us at BT Newsroom on Twitter and on Instagram and search Breakthrough News anywhere else. 